Live from the Canadian Dutch Boy Studios, it's the Schneeling and Dealing Podcast. Lunch has been cancelled today due to lack of hustle. No! God, please, no! 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 Son of a bitch must pay. What is that? Oh shit, what? I don't know who you are, but you're about to get chlamydia. Ha 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 ha. Fuck me, he cleared it. Greatest part. Podcast. Am I happy with that? No, I'm not! I want more! With your host, Phil. Hey, Adrian, I got this costume with Goonies. Robert Stack. Robert Stack. Stack. Did he die? No, no, he didn't die. Is he still alive? <laughs> Update. So, <laughs> wait a minute. So there's a, some sort of special licensing that you need to ride these handlebars on your back? And his co-host, Alex. Uh, I thought you were the only mammal that could lay eggs. <laughs> Is there anything more uh, Pennsylvania hipsterish than going to a fucking food truck festival? <laughs> I want to build my own house, too. Chlamydia free. <laughs> what are some of the major problems facing the modern-day woman? What? Comicus, the new stand-up philosopher from Vesuvius. Good! I like a mountain comic. Comicus, you're on. Here we are, episode 9, Schneeling and Dealing Podcast. Phil, with Alex, and we are here. What's going on, still, man? How are you? Still working on a new intro. Still working. I, see, I was trying to not use the word always in that one, and I didn't use it, so I was, I'm was. i just trying. Tough. It's wicked tough. So. Well, they say it takes uh, at least three weeks to start a new habit, so maybe by the next podcast we'll be all set, ready to go. Yeah. It wasn't. Why does it seem like um, when people mention habits, they're always bad habits. They're not good habits. You know, who's go who's going around saying, "Oh, I got this great habit. I go out running every day." I don't know. That's actually a good observation. Yeah. Always negative. Mhm. Correct. Yeah. No yeah. one's ever pointing out good habits that they might have. It's like, "Oh, here's a good habit that everyone has." Well, they should anyway. I have a great habit. I take a shower every day, nonstop. I never yeah. miss a day. Yeah, a nonstop shower all day long. <laughs> From the moment I get home till I go to bed, I am in the shower. You come out clean and looking like you're 90 years old. Yeah, very wrinkly. How, how wrinkly and shriveled that, would you be after that there, Phil? Let's just say the skin was hanging low, brother. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, neither do I. I just said it to be funny. Right. <laughs> You're just trying to, you know, you're just trying to pad your uh, your quotes for the intro. So that, I, that's what I, you're doing. I, my new goal, I think, it you should be your goal too, is to have as many best sound drops that you could put into the intro as possible. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So what's up? What's on tap for today? Well, what's on tap for today? We got a great, great special guest coming on in a couple minutes. His name's Tony Merkel. He was on this our old podcast once before. Episode 47 of the Phil and Alex Show, or episode 48. I should have wrote it down, but I didn't, so... I can't, I can't prepare for today's episode, though. Tony has an interesting story that he's going to be telling us about uh, Facebook and Facebook censorship that he had to deal with in his very own podcast that he has called mm. called The Confessionals. Should be a very you interesting know, show. I uh, I know last time we talked to him, he was very much into the hunt for Bigfoot and uh, conducted a lot of interviews along the way, trying to find... a uh, 
if this creature existed, I wonder if he's he's found out. I wonder if he still knows. Absolutely. And, and still looking. We're very, Alex and I are very interested in the paranormal. You know, we've had Jason and Grant on the show. We've had Tony on the show. Um, so I'm very interested to see what, what Tony's got any new updates. But I will say that I was on Tony's podcast. It hasn't come out yet. TBD. I will be uh, on Tony's podcast coming up very soon, which is going to be very exciting. Definitely stay tuned for that. But Tony, what did you uh, what did you talk about? Um, I talked about some uh, paranormal experiences that have happened in my family uh, that we always used to hear about as children. This particular house that they had lived in, and I also went into a uh, a very number of uh, personal experiences that I've had. So what kind of experiences? Sexual or uh, no, no, no sexual experiences. Only. Uh, only ghost to ghostly uh, okay. experiences and and negative uh, experiences. Well, so. the uh, his show is called The Confessionals, so I'm just Correct. wondering if you confessed anything sexually. <laughs> he did not. Uh, my my confession was just my story and bringing it out there and okay. you know and just you know telling the truth of what what happened from my point of view and and all that. And it's very interesting. Everyone should check it out whenever that does come out. Uh, but Tony is ready. We got him in the green room. He's going to be walking in any minute. It's, it's yeah, we have uh, Bobby serving him some apps, and he's going to be right out. Yep, absolutely. He's, he's Yeah, from what I heard, Bobby's locking it down on the on the catering table out there. He, it's a perfect job for him. You know, he's the perfect height for the table to put out the spread. <laughs> Correct. And he knows how to cook. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I, I didn't know he was a good cook. That's it's pretty interesting, you know. Maybe he's got a cooking show in his future, Cooking with Bobby. I would certainly tune in. I don't know about you. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll be right back with the uh, famous and fellow podcaster uh, by the name of Tony Merkel. This is Phil, and I'm here with Russell Blade. Now, Russell, for those of people who don't know out there, you've had great workout programs in the past, but you have a brand new workout program that's going to put people over the top. Why don't you tell that's me? That's right. That's right, Phil. I'm back. They tried to hold me down, bro, but it ain't happening. I got together with Tony Robbins. We came up with the RB88 system. 30 seconds for this commercial, 40 seconds, 50 seconds is all it takes to get your body and life back on track. Say ah! Ah! So, Russell, what can you eat on this workout program? Oh, what can you eat? What can't you eat, Phil? That's the thing with my program. You can eat anything you want. Dairy, protein, chocolate, green, bran, raisin bran, anything you want. Listen, I got to tell you right now. I've been to a lot of places. I've been all the way to the bottom in life. I've been in crack houses. I've been in halfway houses. I've been in bath houses. I've been in royal palaces. But you know what? All that's in the past. It's time to think about the future. I went to a Tony Robbins event last month. Tom Brady was speaking. He spoke right to my heart. Right to my heart. And now I'm jacked to the gills, ready to get back for you. We don't have much time. All you gotta say is RB88. Google it. Look it up. We can do it. Say ya! You wanna know what's in this workout program? All you gotta do is give me $9.98 a month. Not $9.99, $9.98. When you're using your own body's resistance, you shred, you shred off that dead, that dead drug weight, as I like to call it, my experience. You shred it all. You get the videos, get the tapes, and you get your very own side yoga man from Russell Blade himself. I'm back. Say ah. Ah.
Welcome back to Ceiling and Dealing. I, I was hoping that song would keep on going. Wow. Yeah, I, I was kind of getting into it. <laughs> I had not heard that in a very long time. That's been a long time. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we meant to live for so much more. Yeah, so. yeah. Absolutely, Switchfoot, bringing it on back. But that voice you heard, that's our very special guest, Tony Merkel. How you doing, Tony? What up? Not much, man. We're just hanging out. Uh, we have you on here to talk about a very interesting subject. But before we do, I figured we'd uh, talk about some of your other podcasts that you got going on. I told the listening audience already that you have the confessionals, but what else you got for podcasts? Yeah, how long do you have? I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I, uh, I started the confessionals earlier this year, and it was I think it was January 19th is when I started the confessionals. And I remember I was talking to you about it. And you told me, you said, if you can make it through eight weeks of shows, eight episodes, you're on a good roll. You'll be pretty set there. And so that was like my that was a, that was my goal is to at least make eight weeks, two months of consecutive shows. And uh, here I am, 40 weeks, in, 46 weeks in. And I've had a show every four, every week. And um, so that's the confessionals. You guys talked about that. I guess you told everybody uh, what was it was all about and stuff. Uh, but I'm also doing the Renegade podcast, and that's on iTunes. It's on uh, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, and that's just a show about nothing. So there's a, there's a guy, uh, his name's Wes Germer in uh, Washington State. He has a podcast called Sasquatch Chronicles, and uh, every week he comes on with a show and he interviews somebody who's seen a Bigfoot, and he's been doing it for like 400-some weeks straight now. And uh, so, yes, there's that many people out there that see these things, and um him and I teamed up and uh, we're doing the show, the Renegade podcast and his brother Woody comes on sometimes and we just talk about anything, any weird news, crazy stuff. And we just, it's like, it's like table talk. You know how like when you go to a family's yeah. house, sure, yeah. you sit down. Yeah. It's just like, it's just fun talking stuff. So I'm doing that podcast. And then, uh, next year I'm coming out with a Sixers podcast and, uh, in 2019, I'm actually coming out with a, uh, taking it back to our roots a little bit, a, um, a more biblical, podcast it's gonna i'm not sure what the title is gonna be but i think it's gonna be something like uh rediscovering the biblical narrative and i'm gonna like dramatize bible stories so i'll take like some scripture verses out there and put it in there but we'll add to the script we'll even make up some stories you know like in the days of noah maybe there's some side character that we have in there you know just kind of have some fun with it but yeah i got the i got bit by the podcasting bug man and i just can't stop it's like a freaking crack i just keep going <laughs> next week you'll start a podcast about starting a podcast <laughs> <laughs> I've had I've had two people uh, call me this week asking me for guidance on starting a podcast. I'm like, maybe I should start, you know, charging for this. You know, yeah, yeah right. absolutely. Yeah, like, you become like a self help type dude. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's, mo there's money in everything, man. You can oh, make yeah. money in everything. That's Don't true. be shy. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Whew. <laughs> you should call your biblical podcast Revelations. Revelations? Ooh, I love it. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not, though. You know, the confessionals, Revelations. Yeah, you oh, know what? Hey, That's hey, not if, a bad idea. If you're looking for an actor to go in there, I'd be more than happy to play any number of parts, you know? I can, I can, yeah, I can perform can right now. Male, yeah. Bill can do both male, male and female roles. Yeah. yeah. He, he does, a really, good, he, he he does a really good Mary Magdalene. Come on, Bill. <laughs> Yes, Jesus, I love you. Yeah, something oh, like that. Perfect. Yeah. 
you know what, Phil? I think that'd be actually a good option for me to have somebody in the back pocket that can kind of do some voices and oh, stuff. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I-, I can go on and do Noah, you know. Please get on this ark. You will die if you do not get on. I have food. <laughs> it's very accurate. Very accurate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. These are little scriptures I'm pulling out. I personally, uh, I personally never believed that story, the story of Noah. <laughs> no. Really? Yeah, I don't think it happened. It just Nothing. seems so outrageous. So at what part leading up to that story do you stop believing? But the fact that they fit all the animals on the boat, I just don't believe that's possible. <laughs> so you believe Noah was real? He probably was real, but I think it was just like an exaggerated story. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've looked into it, but yeah, but I, just, I will, that's I will the say, one story. That's say, one of the stories I've had a hard, hard okay. time believing. Can I say one defense of the story? Okay. No. There are multiple religions across the world that all have a flood story. So, okay. just saying. All right. Well. You know, so multiple, we're talking multiple religions in different areas who didn't have communication with each other at that time, or so, theoretically. Okay, so, does so Islam has a story about Muhammad's Ark? I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that religion, but, you know, from what I heard. Cultures, not necessarily religion, there you go. but cultures. cultures. Yeah, yeah. Cultures there you go. Yeah. throughout the, you know, all okay. these different continents. Correct, and, uh, yep. And on top of it, like... Uh, I, I forget what verse it is, but I remember I was just talking to a guy named Gary Wayne. A few weeks back, I interviewed him on the show, and he was talking about the Nephilim in the Bible and stuff like that and the yeah. origins of that. And uh, he's, he was talking about Noah's flood, and I forget what verse he said it was, but he said it's if you, you miss it if you don't pay attention, but it says that uh, – how, 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 how did he say it? That the Scripture says that God instructed uh, all the an- – all the creation that I forget how it says that we're going to have to cut this out because I'm butchering this. Okay. So just, no, cut. just, I'll just <laughs> copy paste. I'm just going to play switchfoot again. <laughs> Let's start over. <laughs> but his, his idea was that, you know, cause we were talking about the Nephilim, which uh, the Nephilim is something that God did not create. God, that was the whole problem. God didn't create the Nephilim. The fallen angels came and had sex with women and the offspring were Nephilim, not necessarily giants all the time, but Nephilim. And there were these hybrid creatures. And it was talking about how uh, God had what was on the ark was what God created, leaving okay. the idea that maybe there were things out there that God didn't create. And maybe that's why the whole idea of the flood happened was God was actually wiping out the the. Yes, the here, tainted yes. creation. Here, it, cleaning, which, cleaning house. Tony's right, right. because the but the whole Noah story. This is how it's captioned, and the uh, which we'll call it, it's called the corruption of mankind. And uh, that's it. It goes into the multiplying of men and uh, begin to multiply on the face of the land, and the daughters were born to them. And the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, whomever right. they choose. The Lord God said. And so, yeah, then it goes on to talk about the Nephilim as well. I'm going to keep on reading it. Uh, because he is also with flesh, nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth those in those days and also afterward when the sons of God that's came. That's an important part. Also that's after. Important, yes, because yeah, yeah. they're referring to the flood. Correct. When the sons of God came into the daughters of men, they bore children to them. Those were mighty men and were old and men of renown. So they were like obviously better than a regular human would be right like uh like i would take that as like great warriors stuff like that they were kings and that sort of thing 
Yeah. Yeah. And you and you uh, I mean, the whole, you know, Sunday school, little kid version of Noah's Ark is, oh, people were bad. And so God killed them all. OK. You know, like like there, what's really going on here and not a lot of people talk about it like both. And I'm not even faulting pastors for this, because a lot of times well, you guys, we all know we've all been there. You're in a Bible college. You see these guys graduating for, after, you know, four years. They become pastors. And all of a sudden they're put in a position where they're supposed to be the guy that knows everything. They have a freaking bachelor's degree in Bible. That's it. They, they don't know everything. And when it comes to this whole Nephilim idea, there's a lot of pastors out there that don't understand it. And they don't have time to put into understanding it because they got a whole church to worry about. Yeah, and so the, yeah. it, it's, it's just glossed over. And because it's such a short area in the scripture, it's not a whole lot talked about there. No, but, just right then. What was it, like four verses, five verses? Yeah, That's it. Genesis yeah. 6, 4. Yeah. And so, but if you take extra canonical books, like um, the book of Enoch, and you read into these books, I'm not saying everything's accurate. I'm not saying the book of Enoch should be in the Bible and canonized. But what I am saying is these books were books that the writers of the Bible did read. And you see in the New Testament, these writers referring to things out of the book of Enoch. Yeah. People have this idea that the people who wrote the Bible just kind of like downloaded what God wanted into their brain. And they just wrote it out. And they were unconscious and they wake up and they're like, whoa, that's that's really cool. It's on a piece of papyrus leaf and bam, you know, like it, Genesis it, 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 7, 8. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's preposterous. Like these were real people. They actually were educated people. They read things. And some of the things they read, guess what, weren't in the Bible because they were writing the Bible. Yeah. So like when it comes to the whole idea of the Nephilim and things like that, you know, one of the things that my idea is this, that I subscribe to this idea where, yeah, people were bad. Yeah, there was lots of sinning going on in the world. People were corrupt. Uh, but I do believe that the idea of the Nephilim were tainting the bloodlines of Correct. mankind. And, it, and if God did not stop what was happening, there wouldn't be any mankind for a future savior to, to save. Correct. And, and Noah, so, Noah was the last, and Noah and his family were the last ones. And what does it say that he was? It wasn't, didn't say he was sinless. And that's the thing. Like Sunday school teaching, they, they make it sound like Noah was sinless, and that's why God found favor for, with him. He was pure. He was pure. That's how it describes it. He was pure. And when you break it down into the Hebrew, is it the Hebrew? Uh, yes, correct. Yep. It, yeah, it's when you break it down in the Hebrew, it actually that word means untainted. So uh, he just said it, pure blood. Correct. Yeah. Yep. He was actually human. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And everyone so, else wasn't, or at least were yeah. half, or you know, had blood. Bad. You know. And that's yeah. the thing. Like, like that's the thing. Like the Bible, dude. Like it gets freaking trippy, man. Like it, it's it. Like people want to put it in a box of, you know, what they feel comfortable with. And, you know, with my show, The Confessionals, like I get into the supernatural. I get into the paranormal and I'm a Christian. So when I look into these things, I also look into the Bible and stuff. And I've been learning so much this year. Like that book is supernatural. And the, the, the shame is that the American church, I'm sorry, we're, we're getting preaching. No, here. no, no, do it, do it. <laughs> The, preach, the shame, brother, preach. <laughs> the shame is the American church wants to take the supernatural aspect out of the Bible and out of God and normalize it. And that's just simply not true. It's a very supernatural thing. Like when you talk about the Old Testament, you have King Saul who banned witches. I, I'm going to you know, boil it down here. The, the technical terms I'm not going to be able to remember. Yeah, but yeah. he basically, throughout the entire kingdom, banned witchcraft. No summoning spirits. And then Samuel, his prophet, dies 
and he's like, oh, crap, I need advice from Samuel. What does he do? He goes undercover, finds himself a good old witch, and says, I need you to summon Samuel. She's like, I can't. It's outlawed. Takes his hood off, and he's like, yo, look who I am. Do it. And so You know who I am? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know who I am? And so, like, no, <laughs> you still don't know. She does it. She yeah. does it. She yep. summons the spirit of Samuel. And if it because so many people say ghosts are demons. Right. And I believe that there are demonic entities out there that, you know, ghostly sure. demonic Absolutely. entities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, if when she summons Samuel, if it was a demon that they that she summoned, the Bible would I really believe the Bible would have said so. That's Correct. that that Saul was speaking to a demon, but it didn't a demon demon with no D on the end of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the the thing is, it said that he actually talked to Samuel and Samuel comes forward and says, what do you want? Like, why are you disturbing me? Like, yeah. it was literally Samuel he talked to. Yeah. So like this whole idea of summoning spirits of dead people, it literally is possible. And when in the New Testament, what do they say when they're on the boat, they see Jesus walking on the water. What do they say? It's a ghost. Yeah. Listen, I don't think that the Bible is going to put things in there that are fictional to sway people away from what the truth is when it comes to those kind of things. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And yeah. so, listen, that's my little preaching lesson. Let's put the supernatural <laughs> back into the American Absolutely. church. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. Let's get the Holy Ghost going again. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let me, let me bring go. it back around real quick before we change subjects real quick. So if Bigfoot ever existed, he was real, would he have been on the ark? Yes. <laughs> I think uh, Bigfoot, the more I look into the topic, I know we talked about it last time I was on the show. The more I look into the topic, the more I lean into two fields. Either there's two types of Bigfoot out there, okay, which I lean further away from now, or the one I lean closer to is I do believe that uh, Nephilim probably, I'm like 80% there on my belief that Nephilim or Bigfoot is probably a form of Nephilim. Um, mm, because in, in, not in the Bible, but in Enoch, it talks about, I think it's Enoch or maybe the book of Jasher. It talks about, uh, the fallen angels, not just having sex with women, but they were defiling creation. They were defiling animals, plants, everything that God created, they wanted to defile. And so if they were actually interbreeding with animals, you would have offspring that aren't human, aren't a angel, but they're a mix. So if that's say we'll just we'll just say if that's true, right? That means right. Minotaurs were probably real, like half man, half goat. You know what I'm yes. talking about? All that like weird stuff that you see in um like <laughs> ancient yeah, history. You know what I'm talking about? Like all the fairy tale stories and like, you know, of like half men, half whatever creatures and Yeah, dude. Yeah. Listen, all right, so there's people <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's people. All right, so listen, here's a story that I came across. Um, I interviewed a guy named L.A. Marzulli on my show, and he said that he interviewed somebody who uh, was an ambulance, a guy who drove an ambulance. He was an EMT. And he, they pick up this lady who has a physical problem. His, her, her husband is riding in the back of the ambulance with them. And out of nowhere, this guy says that him and his wife saw this half-human, half-horse creature and so like it's just a short little story but it's of somebody that's saying that they're seeing this thing and they're asking the guy have you ever seen something like this out here so that wherever they were at they must have just seen it and um they're also uh the guy i was mentioned i mentioned earlier Wes germer on sasquatch chronicles he just interviewed a guy a few weeks ago on his show 
that he would he has like this property that he says is haunted. He has like spirits on it, like uh, Bigfoot, all this stuff, right? But he told a story. Him and his, I think it was his wife or his girlfriend, they were in his truck. I guess they were leaving. And he looks up in the tree out of his truck and he sees a creature with a goat head in a tree. And so he gets out of his truck. He shoots it. He kills the thing. All right. So it falls out of the tree. He leaves. He took pictures of it with his cell phone. This is like 10 years ago with the crappy flip phones. He comes back and the creature's gone after he drops his girlfriend off. Okay. What he described in detail was what I and Wes Germer believe is a Baphomet. And that's crazy because Baphomet is a, t- a satanic symbol that Satanists worship. It's literally a symbol of yeah, yeah, Satan. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've seen the that. goat head with the with the breasts and the, the, the goat feet sitting there cross leg. Like that's a Baphomet. And when Wes sent him a picture while he's interviewing this guy, he sent him a picture of a Baphomet. Dead silence. And the guy's like, that's what I that's what I killed. And so there's some trippy things like up until that point, a Baphomet, it was something that I thought was symbolic that these Satanists just worship. But is there some kind of demonic entity? But how can you kill a demon? And that's what I mean. It's this world is crazy. It's trippy. There's a lot of things going on out there that we just can't explain. I love the mystery. I love it. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I've never shot anything alive or uh, supernatural, but have you shot you know. anything that was dead already? No, <laughs> I have not. You never even so, like, shot like little birds or anything? No, no, uh, I don't. I don't really have any guns or weapons. I'm safe. No blades, no bows. No weapons here. <laughs> Come on, Tony. You know me. I got all the guns I need. Come on. Man. <laughs> Alex is now flexing for Tony. <laughs> oh stop no you don't need to do the pull-ups alex it's okay no push-ups stop doing the push-ups alex <laughs> are you impressed now <laughs> uh, um, so anyway tony we brought you on to talk about something very interesting yeah um and which is um some, i don't know how you can get any more interesting than what we just talked i know about. i know this is gonna get it's just gonna keep on a weird being guy man this is this is gonna be the most interesting <laughs> podcast uh we've ever had so anyway i wanted to talk to you about when i was on your podcast we were recording um, i don't know if it was off air or i think it was we weren't recording at the time we might have been but you had mentioned that you had done an episode and this was i don't know maybe a month ago two months ago whenever the last vegas shooting was when was that beginning of october okay so yeah yeah okay so anyway, you had done the episode. There was a couple of people that you interviewed who, who said that they were there and all that kind of stuff. And, and it was a pretty interesting episode. I thought it was, thought it was uh, enjoyable and uh, interesting to hear like what they thought had happened and heard and saw. And I was like, oh, well. Because it's still to this day, we don't know a lot about the shooting still and the shooter. And there's a lot of Isn't mystery. that ironic? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah. So anyway, and then after you released this episode, you had started having problems with Facebook, and that's what I wanted you to kind of get into. Yeah, I mean, can I? I'm gonna backtrack a no, little do bit. No, do it. Go just ahead. Kind of go into this because, first of all, why is it that we don't have a whole lot of information about Vegas? But the day that we had the guy running down people in New York City, we had all we needed to know about him. Uh, when we had the Texas shooting not too long ago in the church. We knew everything we needed to know about that within 24 hours, yet we're two months away from the Vegas incident, and we are literally no further along than we were that first week of the shooting. 
they still want to push this lone gunman shooter and i'm calling bs on it i'm calling bs on it so I'm going to tell you right now what we what I'm about to say on the show and stuff might get your show banned. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. So what happened is I'm I'm very much into um, conspiracy, obviously, and things like that. I don't believe that they tell us the whole truth. Uh, I, and I think that's a good thing for some things. I don't think we should know everything that goes on because it could put us in danger as far as, you know, globalization and other nations are involved. Like if they tell us everything, other countries know everything and it makes us vulnerable. Yeah. So I don't think that we should know everything. But uh, I don't think they're telling us the whole story. And here's what happened is it was um, the shooting happened on a Sunday and it was a Friday morning, the following Friday morning, not even a week later. I'm on Facebook and I think I was on my way to work. No, I was at work because I don't Facebook and drive. But uh, so I'm at work and I'm checking my phone and I see somebody sharing some pictures of screenshots of people's accounts of what happened to them in Vegas. And I looked at this and this this person, what they shared, there's like 40, 50 pictures of screenshots of different people's stories. And so I went to the guy who originally posted it and I said, I don't know if I should know who you are, but I don't. How are you getting all these people to contact you about your about their experiences in Vegas? Hmm. And he gets back to me around noon, one o'clock in the afternoon. He tells me that basically he posted something on that following Monday about uh, the the shooting that went viral. And it was just like his thoughts and comments on it, I guess that went viral. And because it went viral, a lot of the victims that were there saw his post and they felt comfortable to message him their experiences and asking him to share it since he had a viral post. And so that's how it all kind of came together for him. So he started getting all these people messaging him. And uh, I told him, I said, listen, you know, I, I don't know how this how how well this could work. But, you know, let me know if there's anybody that would like to come on my show and be interviewed about what happened to them. And that was probably around five o'clock in the evening. I told him that I think I actually talked to him on the phone and I'm sitting at home. It's 10 o'clock at night, Friday night. I'm producing my show for the next day on Saturday. And I get this email from him saying he has two people that wanted to come on my show and share what they experienced in Vegas that night. So I, I freaking scrap my show. I'm like, all right, put this off to the side. I do an interview at like 1.30 in the morning and then another interview at like 3.30 in the morning. I produce a show all day Saturday. I put it out. Well, that show, it blew up. I mean, obviously it was going to blow up. Uh, and what they shared was contradicting what the narrative was actually playing out as in the media. So the media to this day po uh, pushes Stephen Paddock was the only shooter. He was just a crazy old man that was rich that made all his money off of uh, gambling and being an accountant. He made millions apparently doing that. And that, that was it. He got, you know, tons of guns in his room, no help by himself. And so I, so I, don't want to, I don't mean to interrupt you, but so these people think that there was more than one guy shooting, basically. Right, right. Because of what so, they heard. So, okay. What happened is the one guy, the first guy I had on Rick, he was at the concert being shot at. And he said that he cannot tell me 100% for a fact that there was a second shooter because he didn't see even the first shooter. Okay. He didn't, he couldn't see where the firing was coming from. He knew it was coming from up top kind of thing, but he really couldn't tell. Uh, he had a guy get shot right in front of him, fall down, kick him in the face while he's, the guy's falling. Like it was, a, it was a war scene. It really was. It was awful. Um, but one thing that he said was that 
he didn't feel good about what they saw once they got out of the area where the concert was. They got out to the road, the strip, and there was a car. I think he said it was a sedan going down the strip. And there was this woman hanging out the window, taunting the people who were running out from the, the gunfire. And he said that alone made him feel like she had something to do with this because she like he said, the, the look on her face hanging out the window of the car was like pure joy as to what was mm. happening. And uh, it, it just made him feel real sick to his stomach. Uh, and he had some other things. You should listen. Anybody who wants to listen to the show, it's the confessionalspodcast.com, episode 38, Mandalay Bay, The Untold Stories. So the that's the first guy who was at the Harvest Fest. Uh, and then, hey, Phil, what's that behind you? They're, they're, the door behind you is like wiggling back and forth oh, with the mirror. Probably, um, probably... No, no, the other door behind you with the mirror on it. It keeps wiggling back and forth. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll go close it because like no, there's, a draft, ooh, right. there's a draft. There's a draft like in that hallway because I don't know for whatever reason. I'll I was like, I bring, though. I bring the ghost with me. I know, right? <laughs> and so, um, so that was the first story, and you know, it, it it was a lot of his experience of being there, getting shot at. He had his wife there, and his wife's friends were with him, uh, and I'll get into that in a second. But so that was his his vibe. And the next guy I had on, he wasn't at the concert. He was at the Bellagio, which is at least two miles away from Mandalay Bay. And then when people look at the strip, they think everything's pretty close together, whatever. It's not. So the Bellagio is at least two miles away from Mandalay Bay. This guy, Jeff, he's from Canada. He has a TV show in Canada, okay? This guy is a public figure. He's in the Bellagio in a lobby, and he said, inside they didn't know what was going on at mandalay bay and what at the time when this happened was right around the time that they say that they killed stephen paddock or stephen paddock was dead they confirmed that he was dead or whatever um he said that they heard inside the lobby somebody yells there's a shooter there's a shooter and then he hears this pop 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 inside the bellagio everybody it's like a stampede running everybody's getting stamped on and stuff the bellagio gets locked down for hours they get let out of the lockdown. Everybody can go back to their hotels and stuff like that after a couple hours, early morning. And all of a sudden, again, somebody's yelling and there's a stampede and they lock down again. So that was his experience. And so that alone, that alone, whether whether it was two separate events or related to each other, there were two shootings in Vegas on October 1st. Were they related? I, I can't confirm that. But I can tell you one thing. There were people in the Bellagio that heard gunshots. Now, there's another guy that I've seen him on, on Facebook. He, he did a live video. I didn't get a chance to interview him, but he was in Caesars, and he had a similar thing happen to him. He and his girlfriend spent the entire night running around the city away from these gunshots. So there's a story, this narrative that was painted that people who were there are saying different things. So back to the Facebook thing. I, I, I do this show. And I do the interviews. I put it out there. You know, Infowars picked up my interview. They put it on their website. It's getting. Well, that's one way I, to get I, banned. I, I, know, <laughs> I know. I know. But it, it went viral. It went viral. And um, so that week, I start having problems with my Facebook. And I have a private Facebook page, or I had a private, private Facebook page because of, you know, 
my show is growing in popularity. I get a lot of people messaging me um, and friend requesting me. And I have a kid coming in like a week or two. I don't want them seeing pictures of my baby, things like that. Uh-huh. I'm tough. Right. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I created a private page and I'm in the middle of now they locked me out of that private page. I don't know why, but that week when I had the Mandalay Bay show, I was locked out of my private page and I, I, I don't know why. I was just locked out and they were telling me I had to verify things. And they said it was, oh, that's what it was because they, they, I got the idea that it was because my Facebook profile picture was not a picture of me, but of my initials because I didn't want a picture of myself up there because people would recognize me. And so they were saying I had to confirm my account. So I did. I put a picture up there and for days, for days, I'm still locked out of the account. Okay. After I put my picture up for them to review. So during the week, I'm in the middle of a, a conversation with somebody on my public, my public profile in one of the chats, and we're scheduling a time for him to come on my show to be interviewed. And all of a sudden, I can't send a message. N- nothing's working. I'm like, what the heck? I, re- I refresh the page, and I'm logged out. I try logging in, and I'm completely locked out of my public account too. And I'm thinking to myself, both accounts, the week of the Mandalay Bay show that I released, are getting freaking locked down, and I don't know why. Hmm. It took me four hours. It took me four hours to log back into my public uh, profile, and I had to jump through so many hoops. Like it was like they give you a list of things to do. You do the first thing, and you hit continue, and the, the page just goes error. It wouldn't let me advance. And I had my wife Lindsay hop on, and she spent like four hours trying to get this thing to work, and she finally gets it up and going. Good. Okay. Great. I go to log in or I try to log into my private account, no longer exists. It was deleted. So when I got locked out of my public profile, during that time, my private profile was deleted. And so that no longer existed. They never got back to me and said I wasn't, you know, my picture was declined, nothing like that. It was just deleted. And my public profile, I, you know, got back in and stuff. But ever since then, they've been locking me down a lot. Like, so right now I'm in Facebook jail right now. I can't, I can't share in any, uh, Facebook groups. I have my own group, uh, Pennsylvania Sasquatch research. That's a plug right there. Uh, and I have, I mean, I'm probably part of like at least 200 Facebook groups. I mean, I'm in so many Facebook groups and I can't post in any of them. They say it's because I'm sharing my show too much, but if I share my show in five to 10 groups on Facebook, they lock me down. And so right now I'm in Facebook jail for a week. I can't post on anything. And so, and I never had that problem before the Mandalay Bay show. Before the Mandalay Bay show, I could post in every single Facebook group I'm in within a day and no problem whatsoever. Now I post in five to 10 groups and they lock me up. So and you so, think this is in correlation to the controversial nature of the show that you aired, you think? And they're just I, looking I, at you and trying to see, you know. Yeah, because I, I have an insight as well into something like that do you remember when the uh the whole thing after the election happened it's still kind of going on but it's not in the spotlight anymore but the whole russia collusion stuff oh it's in the spotlight yeah i know exactly what you're talking about so anyway facebook came out and said because they they had found out that like this is so stupid because uh, it's so obvious it's like this this always happens with the matter with anybody that has money they obviously they so they found out that russian government or whatever was $100,000? Yeah, buying all these Facebook ads and stuff like that yeah. and posting a whole bunch of stuff and blah, 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 blah. So they're like Facebook came out and said that, oh, 
we're gonna try to uh, stop stop fake news and stop anything that's. Uh, uh, there it is. Yep. Stop anything. <laughs> fake that's, news. Yep. Stop yep. anything that's um like not verified. Like really, like basically anything that they deem not real or fake. Right. So in, the, in response to all the spam and all the fake news, uh, quote unquote, going around, their answer to the solution is to regulate all the news now. Correct. Yeah. Basically. So what you just described is the book 1984, George Orwell, <laughs> The Thought Police. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Face, Facebook, Google, YouTube, they yeah. are the Thought Police of 2017. And people, are, people will say, oh, no way. Nobody can control my thoughts. I think what I want to think. That's bull crap. And I'll tell you why. Because Facebook, YouTube, and Google control what you see. They only let you see what you, they want you to see. If they don't want you to see something, they bury it. It's not it's impossible true. to find. It's, it's yeah. not impossible to find, but it's harder to find. It will not come up on the first search result. And so what they're doing is they, they're controlling what you put into your mind and control what you think of things by what you see first. Because do you know what the statistics are of people who actually click for the second page on YouTube or on Google? It's staggering. No, it's I like night. It's like 95% of the people don't ever make it to the second page on Google. So yeah. they, they, they literally can control what you think by what you what they allow you to see. All right. And that's exactly what George Orwell talked about in his book. George Orwell was a um, uh, uh, he was a Nazi supporter. He, he supported um, or not. Not uh, he was he supported uh, communism. Uh, what, communism and socialism. Thank you. There you go. Uh, he, he supported socialism and, and then he had a change of heart. He was like, he saw what the Nazis and the socialism did Soviet for Union Germany and, and all that yeah. stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he changed the way he felt about it. And that's how the book came about in 1984. He, he wrote the book in 1948, switched the numbers around and he projected in a socialist world, this would, would this is what it would look like in 1984. Well, he was a little off, but here we are in 2017 and we have thought police. We have people who, who are literally trying to control what you think, and that's what you said. Now, you said about the Russian, uh, uh, um, the Russian hacking and all that stuff. You mentioned about Russia taking out Facebook ads. I believe now I'm not going to get the numbers perfect here, but I believe it was like a hundred thousand dollars worth yeah. of, or let's just say a million. Let's Whatever. just say it was a yeah. million. Sure. They took. A, I know it wasn't a million. I know it was less than that. But let's just say it was a million. They took out a million dollars of Facebook ads. That's so small compared let's i mean it's true the the, yeah, the clinton true. the clinton campaign what they spent on facebook ads during the election season was in the tens of millions of dollars okay and on top of it on top of it they are screaming russia they they took out facebook ads there's no law against doing that first of all yeah, yeah and second and second of all i i and I'm not, I listen, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to fall on the side of political, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to spit truth here. What happens, listen to this, our United States government, do you know what they're doing right now during the Hungarian elections? They're taking out Facebook ads to sway the elections. They are putting out Facebook ads to put out, uh, to help sway the elections the way they want to. You know how much they're putting out there? I think it's like 40 or $50 million worth of Facebook ads in the Hunga to put in front of the Hungarians to help them decide who to elect. Yeah, yeah. And here we are. Talk about hypocrisy. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, do you hear that on Fox News? Do you hear that on CNN? No. no Why? No, no. Because mainstream media only wants you to know what they want you to know. 
propaganda is actually a legal thing in this country. People think propaganda is illegal. In 2013, hidden in a bill of a bill of a bill was this clause that, uh, that started the process of allowing propaganda to become illegal or to become legal in this country. And in 2016, it officially became legal. I think it was, or maybe it was 2014. Either way, propaganda is literally, quite literally legal in this country now. And so what you see on your mainstream media, you need to start questioning. You can believe it if you want, but at least question it. Yeah, look into, yeah, look into it for yourself. That's what I always implore people to do. You know, dig a little this bit deeper. This country, we are going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we went off track. Let me, let me, let me, let me rewind. <laughs> oh. uh, what was they talking about? The Facebook. Facebook. Uh, yeah, yeah is it all about advertising? It's all about what they want. They want you to see certain things, so you look at it in a certain area and. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, if you got the money, you can get the audience. That's the way yeah. it works with Facebook. And right now, you know, conspiracy aside, little entrepreneurial tip for anybody out there listening that is has an entrepreneurial spirit, stop wasting your money on advertising everywhere and anywhere except for Facebook. Tap into Facebook ads 100%. Do not advertise anywhere else except for Facebook. Facebook links you directly to the audience you want. You can decide what audience you want, and it's freaking so much underpriced, it's unbelievable. 10 years from now, Facebook ads will be at least double or triple what they are now. Yeah. I've so had, I, in, in the past, man, I've had great success with Facebook ads. You know? Yes. Trying to get people to Absolutely. like like the like the podcast page and stuff. I mean, I, I, got, I would get, depending on how, how long it was and how much I spent, uh, you know, a lot. You know? Most of, I ended up having more people off the Facebook ads liking it than my actual friends. So that's right, Facebook. We love you. Don't ban us. <laughs> please, We're not going please, anywhere. sir. Please, sir. Well, no, you got you. If you put my name on the on the show, they know because <laughs> I hate Facebook. They know. <laughs> they no, already but, know. They're already listening right now. Quite remarkable. You've had so much trouble just by asking questions and talking to people about a controversial subject. I mean, there's no point. Yeah. You know, what's the point of, uh, you know, helping because the baby? They, you can't ask questions. They they wanted they they wanted dubs and that's the problem when you ha when you're allowing Facebook and these other anybody really when you have people and companies dubbing things fake news well who is the judge on that who's making those calls and are those people making the calls on the fake news and what fake news is do they have any whatsoever political bents and are they human because if you're human and you have a political bent you will decide towards your political bent. Yeah. And so, yeah. so when it comes to this whole idea, now, yes, there's tons of fake news out there. Listen, you can go on Facebook and you can find somebody saying that they were raped by an alien on Mars last week and they were taken to Venus, brought back down to Earth, taken to hell, raped by Satan, and brought back to their bedroom all in 24 hours. That like, did happen, Tony, and I don't, I'm not ready to talk about it just yet. <laughs> <laughs> the confessions of Alex Anderson. <laughs> Bring the confessions year. in. Yeah, oh, well, I, I, re I, re I relegate a lot of it to, you know, there's a lot of spin going on, too. Like, a person like me, I've been around long enough to know when uh, when I see an, uh, a, a news story or an opinion piece or anything, and I know what's, what kind of side they're leaning on just by reading just the headline. Yes. Yeah. You know, the average person, though, you know, may not maybe easily persuaded, so it's... And you know, you know what the, the, the thing is with that? When you see 
this is what, what I challenge everybody to do because I know it's hard. When you see that article online and you read the title and you know exactly where the article's going and you're like, oh, that I know exactly where that's going. Click it anyways and read the freaking thing. Don't just read the titles and make your decision on it. Just click it, read it, and say, yep, I was right. But at least you read it because right now we're in a culture of people who do not read. They just I, – I was just going to say that people – I don't think people read anything anymore. You know, we live you know, minute to minute on our phones. They read – you know, they live in headlines. They live in this. They don't really research anything. It's a very important point actually. Headlines and yeah. sound, sound, sound clips. Yeah. Yes. You know? And exactly. then, like, you know, five minutes later, they get distracted by a Jimmy Fallon sing along or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? They get down those rabbit holes. It's, Singing it's karaoke in the car. Attention. People are not doing the research. And so, when they, they it's easy, you know, it's easy just to pick a headline or pick a side and do this. People aren't, people either don't have the time nowadays because life is so fast paced or they just don't care enough about truth and what's going on. And, right. and uh, you know, they don't want to read into it. You know, you know, they don't want to read about the stories that are happening. And that's why the people that be and the powers that be can get away with so much stuff because people aren't paying attention. And, that, and, that's, and that's exactly right. We live in a social media environment. Everything is, is put out there. It's very fast. You look at Twitter, how fast that moves. If you put out a tweet, eight minutes later, it doesn't even exist. That's how fast it moves. And it creates this environment, this culture, this subculture, this mentality within our society that you have to be the first to react. Listen, most of the time, people don't give a crap what you think. And you can keep your comments to yourself, right? But because we have Facebook, because we have Twitter, everybody has this built-in thing inside of them that makes them feel like their voice has to be heard and people actually give a crap what they think. And they, they, they see a headline and they got to react. They got to comment on it without even yeah. reading it. They want to be the first one to, to, to react. And that's the problem when you have that filtering into your mainstream media. Mainstream media is not worried about accuracy. They're worried about who's the first Correct. one to report something. Yeah, man. I've said that many times, man. Absolutely. They, that's what it's all that, they care about. Yeah. And so it, it, is that journalism? No, no it's not no, journalism. No, no, no. And so I had a discussion with my friend. We were at a bar a few uh, – I think it was a, few, a couple months ago. And we were talking and him and I are totally opposite when it comes to politics and stuff. Uh, I'm opposite for most people because I don't line up very much on anything. But, you know, we were talking about these things and stuff. And he's like, well, where do you get your news from if you don't get it from mainstream media? And I'm like, uh, everywhere and anywhere. That's the way it works for me. I find out what's going on in the world and I investigate it. I listen and read anything and everything. And I put pieces together and I make up my own decision as to what's going on. I don't let mainstream media in my house. I will turn it on for five minutes when a disaster, like when that Sunday happened and that church got shot up. First thing I did, I turned on CNN. I wanted to hear what they were saying about it. The, the, within five minutes, I heard the lady say, oh no, this was uh, the guy who ran over people in New York City. Yeah, within, yeah. Five, within five minutes, I turn on that TV, I go to CNN, Within five minutes, they're talking about this guy running over people. He had two guns on him. One was a BB gun. One was an airsoft gun. And the lady said, but if they were real guns, many more people would have died. And yes, true. Obviously. Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> but the thing right there is you have to understand no that there is an agenda. CNN is liberal. Yeah. They're left wing. And they push what? gun Anti control anti-gun yeah, yeah yeah right and so they want to make sure that if they were real guns more people would have died right so i flip over to fox right and what's fox doing 
Oh, oh God. The terror, there are terrorists. Look at the See, this is what we bring in people into this country and this is what happens. And they're, and they're, they're riding Donald Trump so much. And oh, I'm yeah. like, and I sit back and I'm like, am I, am I crazy? Because I, I, everything's black and white on, on TV and I'm living in the gray. I'm looking at it. I'm like, there, there's more than just two sides of these stories. And they're only giving you what they want you to do. They want you to think the way they think. Listen, there's what? Seven billion people on this earth. And the mainstream media wants you to think one of two ways. Is that insane? Yeah. Is there, is Absolutely there not than... insane. But what better way to control people than to keep them in two uh, opposite sides? Yes. I love I this mean, conversation. This is great. It's all about control, man. It's all about control. And that's what scares me is like the government, you know, from the time this country was born, time any country, you know, you can look back at, you know, all the great civilizations, all the great uh, rulers of mankind. It's all, you know, the more power they get, the more they want to control. And what scares me is with technology, it's becoming a lot easier to do that. Yes. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a little terrifying, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. You know? To know that they could be listening to us right now if they wanted to. Hello? You know, why, is, why is nobody... <laughs> you hear that? You know, <laughs> you know um, there's, there's got to be more, uh, you know, like, you know, the whole thing with uh, Edward Snowden talking about the NSA. Why, what happened to that story? You know, did they, did they stop doing that? Is that why is that not in the news anymore? Was there ever a solution to that? Why was that swept under? You know what I mean? Yeah, right, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Mass data, mass data collecting, uh, surveillance. These are questions that need to be asked more often, and, and we need more results. But it's just again, people get stuck in their lives. They get stuck on social media, you know, posting stuff and doing nonsense. They don't either want to or just don't have the time to really think into the stuff. And it's unfortunate because you know it's it's. It's quietly how a, uh, a controlling uh, government takes over. It's not, it's not violently usually most of the time. You're exactly right. Th yeah. Listen, this is what they do. They're not going to come through your front door and walk out with your couch at noon on a Saturday while you're sitting on it. What they do is they come in at midnight, they steal a lampshade. The next night they come at midnight and they steal a pencil off your table. Before you know it, you're stripped bare naked and you don't even know how it happened. And that's exactly what they're doing. And it's so like it's it's very important for people to start waking up and actually looking into things for themselves and, and understand, listen, the government once the government finds a loophole on how to control the people they govern, they don't give it back, even if they're caught. So you got the Snowden stuff, you got the the NSA, you know, that the, they're they're actually everything, every search you ever do online is stored in a database. Right. They don't stop doing that just because they were caught. They just find new ways to hide it. Right. They, they, they have ABC alphabet agencies for that reason. They're not going to stop. And so, yeah. like, we're so far. And this is where I turn very negative because I'm I, I just I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. We're so far gone one way. How do you how do you take back control of the government that's supposed to work for you back in, you know, 250 years ago when this country was founded? The Second Amendment ha it has what in it? the right to form militias, right? But yeah. now culture has been formed in such a way that if you were to try to take advantage of what it says that you as a citizen can do, which is form a militia, you'll never get off your front porch before they label you a terrorist organization, they throw your butt in jail. Right. It will never happen. And so like I hear people talk about, I had a guy message me uh, a few months back. He said, what do you think about militias? I said, I think they had their place in history, but nowadays I don't think that, that they're practical. 
he said, well, uh, me and, and other people out this way, he's in Harrisburg area, we're forming a militia. Would you like to join? I said, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. You have fun doing that because as soon, yeah. as, as soon as they find out about you, you are yeah. now a terrorist and they will come for you. Yeah. Period. And any other, you know, any uh, any restrictions that they, they supposedly have about surveilling people goes out the window when they label you a terrorist. The, the they can anything you want. Exactly. The Second Amendment, the big part of that was to give the citizens control to rise up against a government of tyranny. But we've allowed the government to take so much control of our lives by giving us little sweet things, little candies here and there to keep us pacified right. that right. we no longer even though it says it in the Constitution, we no longer have that power. As soon as you try doing something, they will shut you down in a heartbeat. And everybody is so pussy that they can. I'm sorry. I, I, no, no, every, it's fine. Every, every, we live in such a wimpy culture. Nobody will stand up to the government once they see them crack down on a certain group of people who tried doing something right. Whether you believe it's right or not. Those, you know, if it's with the, it's bad. <laughs> it's not good right now. Well, it's not good right now. Yeah, we, and I don't support militias because you will get locked up as a terrorist. So yeah. just stop it with that nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we've talked about a lot of different things. I think we should open up the phone lines and get some people. Minds are percolating. Minds percolating, thinking about all kinds of different things now. So <laughs> if anyone else has any questions for Tony or any of the things we've talked about, call 1-800-STEALING. And after we go to this commercial break, we'll have you live on air. Take it away, Al. This is Rivers Big Boys. And I know you're thinking out there, wait a minute, this guy's name is Rivers Big Boys? Well, let me get into it. My last name is Big Boys. I was conceived in a Big Boys. What can I say? Um, it was a big year for Porkies. First name, Rivers. And that's because it was down by the river. That's where I was born. I am a holistic healer, alternative medicine. Some of the things I dive into as a healer, um, in other words, the things I do to bring healing to people inside and out, one of my many techniques, techniques, excuse me, one of my many techniques is to put my cheek up to your cheek. Now, I'm not talking about the buttocks, okay? I'm talking about our, our faces just rubbing in a circular motion. The people out there that are listening to this, you have no idea what you're missing out on. The first time I invented this and I, and I discovered this, I was with my life partner, Jennifer, and it was the most unbelievable experience. And I'm, this is what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna share it with you. One of my other techniques that I like to use is kind of like the shakedown method, okay? And, and, and this is a method that I've been perfecting, and it's for people that are really stressed out and they just need um, someone creepily moving their body up and down their upper half on their face. Like, uh, it's really hard to describe on the radio here, but just imagine like a human 
um, rolling around like a fish while standing up next to your body. In one second, I'm in your face. Next, next second, I'm in your breast. Next second, I'm on your back. Next second, I'm on your arm. Like it, and it's there's nothing sexual about this. Don't get me wrong here. There's nothing. This is just to to clean your soul and to purify you. This is just one of the many techniques that I've learned. I have a holistic medicine shop. You can come down. You can get your coconut oils. You can, your essential oils. We have this new oil that just came in. For all you ladies out there, it helps attract other men. So if you're having problems in this in this sort of area, come on down. I'll give you a little spritz and we'll see what happens. We are also proud to present 15 different kinds of milk. Um, none of them actually coming from a cow. I'm very proud of this. Um, we have everything from goat to coconut, um, something brand new that has just come in, cat milk, dog milk. I mean, basically any kind of milk besides cow because I am a big, firm supporter in, in FEMA and um, I just really think we should, um, you know, leave cows be. We've, we've tugged at their breasts far too long. There's still a lot of great milk out there. We have these brand new yoga mats that just came in, and they are unbelievable. They will change you. For only $79.95, you get this half-inch thin plastic mat, and let me tell you, it's so uncomfortable, but in a good way. Um, guarantee you come down, I can do the cheek technique on you. You can come right down to Rivers Big Boy's Holistic Medicine Shop, soon to be dispensary. I'm just waiting on a few forms from the government. Um, I guess, okay, they're giving me the red light here. So I just, just, okay, so please come on down to my medicine shop. It's Rivers Big Boy's Medicine almost dispensary it's right down on main street um it's it's right it's right where our old slaughterhouse used to be um and we've kept it us looking like a slaughterhouse so you get a real interesting vibe um hipsters are obviously welcome make sure you have your crystals aligned before you come in because that's definitely something we we don't want any negative vibes coming in and uh, anyway thank you so much for listening to this and I just can't wait to see you guys. Um, so I would like to thank NPR for this commercial. And um, yeah, I've, I've come up with my own saying um, as I depart people. It's kind of like my own mantra, if you will. Don't steal it. I know you're already thinking about stealing it. Okay, um, so this is what it is. Until next time. Da-da-da. And it's a li- it's a little long. I know I'm working on it. You hear that, U.S.? You hear that, Congress? Don't <laughs> back down. Welcome back. Stay on the ground. 
We're standing our ground. We're standing our ground with Tony, Mer- Tony Merkel. That's right. Good That's buddy. Right. Absolutely. Got a little podcaster. Just hanging out. Phil, you said you wanted to open the phone lines, even though this is a pre-recorded podcast. We do have open phones. <laughs> yeah, open phone lines. Um, we do have some calls lined up here. Um, let's see. Yeah, uh, let's go to the first caller here. All right, let's see if this works. Welcome to oh, a lot of noise back there, sir. Uh, welcome uh, to the Shielding Dealing Podcast. You're on with Alex, Phil, and Tony. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Uh, yeah, I'm just a big fan of, of Tony, and I figured I would call in here. Um, oh my gosh, I've, I've never been never been introduced to a celebrity uh, before, so I'm just really nervous. But um, I, 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 oh man, I forgot my question. But All right, control yourself, and uh, would you have any questions for Tony? Uh, yeah, just uh, one question, uh, Tony. Uh, can we hang up? I, 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 I take it silent as a, uh, uh, a yes. So, okay, Tony. Uh, here, we're here, we're yeah, here. Uh, you know, I'd really love to uh, hang out with you. You seem like a cool guy, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm just really nervous. I, I don't know if that's lovely. Uh, so, big fan of the show, Renegades. Uh, I'm a renegade myself. Uh, so thank you. I will take my answer off there. I don't even think that guy gave us a name. Yeah. Did, did, did he even give us a question? <laughs> I don't think so. He just wanted to hang out with you. Well, uh, I, was, I, I appreciate that. Well, that guy was very interesting. I don't think he was interesting. I just think he was interested in Tony for some reason. Yeah, Tony, you didn't say much there. Um, you just kind of well, speechless. So... I was waiting for the first question. Oh, that's yeah, that's right. He did. He, he did. Well, you know what, Tony? You're you know you're a successful podcaster now, so you know you got your your fair fair shake of, of fans, and I, I'm glad he wasn't too crazy of a fan because I was getting kind of nervous. I thought he might have been a, a stalker, maybe asking where you live. I don't know. So we uh we have another call here. Let's see if I don't have a name for this guy. Uh, welcome to Stealing Dealing Podcast. Uh, what's your name? You have a question for Tony or a comment? Uh, yes, I do. This is actually Joe. Uh, it's good to be here. No, it's been a, I know I've been under the radar lately, but uh, I just wanted to call in. I'm very interested in the paranormal, the U.S. government, and uh, women, not in any particular order. But uh, I did have a question for Tony. Tony, I've uh, been hearing things in my garage uh, where I keep my hog, my bike, and I would like to know if you think that it could be paranormal or the government listening into my conversations because I have been uh, in jail in the past. I would say both. I would say both. First of all, has anybody ever died in the garage? Uh, I can either, uh, well, I'm not willing to say publicly, but I, I will give you a wink. You give me a wink, okay. So have you ever dug anything up in your garage? I don't know, like dug a, a six by six hole? Again, I will not publicly say what I have done, but I might have put something in the ground uh, behind the garage. <laughs> gotcha, okay. so. Chances are you are haunted in your garage and the government is probably listening to you at all times. Oh my God, I knew it. So a paranormal government is listening in on my conversations. Oh. Absolutely. We call that the deep state. Oh man, this is getting, this is getting raw. So uh, what do you think? You think that uh, I should maybe relocate, go underground again? You need to throw away all electronics. When we're done talking, you need to take the phone you're talking to me on. You need to break it and put it in the toilet. Then you need to pack some underwear, put it in a bag, and walk across the country to an undisclosed location on a very high hill with no electronics. Build a tent 
out of sticks and build a fire. And that's all I can tell you, pal. Oh, that's, that's no problem. I did that back in 89. Uh, I wasn't by myself at the time, but I've, I've gone off the grid before and I'll do it again. I'll destroy this phone in the next 10 seconds. Thank you for your help. Uh, I'm going to go get high in a hill uh, in, uh, in, and put a tent for myself. Anyway, you think I could bring a couple friends from my tribe? You can absolutely bring them, but you have to kill them first. Well, I've already done enough killing this week. Thanks, Tony. I'm going to destroy my phone right now. Destroy <laughs> Okay. And up. They're not going to get my phone. I'm going to break my phone right now. <laughs> Phone's being broken. <laughs> I don't know okay. if you realize this. He's still on. Oh, there he goes. He's destroyed his phone. Uh, yeah, that was friend of the show, Joe, a uh, friend of Janitor, John Janitor. Um, wow, looks like he's got himself into a predicament. That's that's not good. No, not at all. I tell you, that guy, he uh, he needs some serious help. I tried helping him out best I can, but what can you tell somebody who probably buried another person in their garage and is being listened to by the government? Yeah, I don't know. Something tells me that Joe is probably, uh, is probably not even going to remember that conversation uh, next morning. Uh, yeah, he's he's been known. I know Tony, you don't know Joe very well, but he's been known to uh, take various drugs, so he could be on peyote. I mean, he know. he he might wonder why his phone's broken though in the morning. <laughs> He'll wake up <laughs> upset, you know. Yeah. Then he has to go get a new phone. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Oh do, man, do we uh, do we want to take any more calls or? I don't know. It's up to Tony. Is he up for Tony? It? Are you up uh, for another call? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. All right. Let's see, Al. Who we got next? I have no idea who we get next. We're uh, we're flying blind here, but uh, a lot of noise in the background once again. Uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to Shielding and Dealing. You're on with Phil, Alex, and Tony. Hey, uh, what's going on? This is Janet and John. Janet, uh, calling in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh. Oh man, what a long night. Joe and I have been partying. Um, I just want to actually, if Joe's missing currently, do you have you heard from, from Joe at all? Uh, yes, we have. We just spoke to him. Oh no, yeah, he's done a lot of drugs tonight, and uh, he may or may not have thought he, he killed and buried someone in the garage. Just want to make sure he's not, uh, you know, freaking out and <clears throat> going to go across the country, build a tent on a hill. Doing drugs again. I don't know. Uh, no, I don't think. Uh, no, I don't think he's going to be doing any of that. No, right? Oh well, that's yeah, that's good. That's that's good news because uh, yeah, that's just kind of like what is one of his things. He's got this gold bag. It's filled with cocaine and ramen noodles. <laughs> but the problem is, Joe doesn't know how to boil a pot of water. He can barely get laid. How do you think he's going to get a pot of fuck you know, water boiling? You know. I think uh, I think he'll be okay. He, he said no such thing about going out into the woods on his own. Do you have a question for Tony? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was listening to the show. Uh, you know, he said it was pre-recorded, but you have this special line for premium listeners. Uh, so I was listening to, to the conversations, and I heard I heard Tony saying all kinds of conspiracy theories and really interesting stuff, and. Uh, Wow, he, you know, he blew my mind. So my question for Tony would be, uh, uh, so uh, this, this, this conspiracy I wanted to bring up. Sorry, I'm a little long-winded here while I try to think of what I wanted to ask him. So uh, anyway, this is, uh, so what I want to know is this, this uh, conspiracy that I heard, and I want to see if he knows anything about it. All right, go ahead. Uh, 
conspiracy is. It's uh, the, 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 the JFK uh, uh, conspiracy. Sorry, I'm really drunk. I've been drinking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, JFK, man. Who are you? What are your thoughts, bro? Who do you think? Do you think you know Oswald did it, or you know Jack Ruby had anything to do with it, or you know Mike Runnels? What do you think, man? <laughs> what are your thoughts on JFK, Tony? Uh, <laughs> um, I think I think the listener uh, should read the recently uh, released JFK files that have been declassified by the federal government. He'll find some interesting information in there, and also look up a, na- a man named George H. W. Bush. You'll find a lot of answers there. Ooh, is that? Uh... Oh wow. I can't What's say. I can't. You know what I'm saying? I think there's a conspiracy, but I can't go into detail on air. Do you want to email me? You can oh. email me at don'tbotherme at gmail.com. Oh, well, okay. That's, yeah. All right. Sounds good, brother. I don't have email, but I'll, uh, you know, I'll get a hold of you. I got contacts. I'll get a hold of you. Don't worry about it, brother. Do you want me to bring anything with you? I got coke. I got, uh, <laughs> I got some whiskey. I mean, what's your poison, brother? What do you like the most? Moonshine. Moonshine. Oh, dude, I know this guy, Rick Lafonte. He's a good moonshine. I'll bring you some good moonshine. We'll hang out. We'll go over these conspiracies, and maybe we'll make a conspiracy of our own. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, make sure you're not mic'd up, though. Oh, no, please, brother. All right, John. Thanks for calling in, as always. Oh, thanks, brother. Uh, Janet or John Janet, out. Always a frequent guest and always uh, full surprises, uh, Janitor to John Janitor there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Some character. I'm kind, of with you. I'm kind of with you on the JFK thing. I, I knew there was a conspiracy. I know there's a conspiracy. I know, I've, I've read enough about it. I've seen enough about it. I just can't pinpoint it. Yeah. Well, I mean, none of us can because the uh, they're, not, they're not telling you the whole story. I mean, they're, they're giving you bits and pieces of information, but... They're not giving you the whole story, so we can only theorize as to what happened. But if you want to look into that whole thing, you know, look, in, look into the idea of George H.W. Bush being part of the CIA when it happened. He declines. He says that he was not, but there are documents with his name on it as part of the CIA. And that's all I'm going to say. He is a big CIA guy, isn't he? Or he was. Maybe still is. You never leave the agency, do you? Did you know that he's the, the oldest or he's the longest living president we've ever had? I mean, we've really? we've never had a president that lived as long as he's lived so far. Wow, that's interesting. Little fun fact. Yeah. Absolutely. Secret government steer, a man they're keeping him alive. Yeah. And you know what keeps him you know what keeps him alive? Smacking those ladies' butts. I was just gonna them. say the same thing. I was like, that's what that's how he gets up in the morning. <clears throat> Way up. Oh god, it seems like every week there's a new guy going down for for sexual harassment or misconduct yeah. who's next uh, yeah matt lauer just came out a couple days ago we didn't even talk about willie ck that happened a couple weeks ago it's mm-hmm. never ending there's gonna be nobody left yeah there's gonna be nobody well, left i mean it's been a long a long rumored thing that hollywood the government there's a lot of sexual abuse going on and it's just been overlooked for many years i mean Corey feldman came out in the 90s saying that he was sexually abused and they didn't do anything about it 
And now yeah. all of a sudden it's this big thing where everybody's coming out saying I was abused by so-and-so. And, uh, I think we gotta be careful with that though. I mean, it's so a slippery slope, man. Yeah. I, I like, we like we were talking about earlier about everybody having an immediate reaction. We live in this in a culture where you know we have a government with laws and regulations, but the court of public opinion rules. And so if they put out there that you know somebody did something to somebody else and it goes viral, you're pretty much screwed whether you're innocent or not because yeah. the court of public opinion makes a decision before you even make it to court. And so like, do have a lot of these people done what they were accused of? Probably. But has everybody? I don't know. And I think that's why we need to, you know, be careful with rushing to judgment and try to gather facts and stuff first. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and this country, you're innocent until proven guilty, not the other way around. You know, and that's the problem. It's very reactionary. Like, look at Jeffrey Tambor. Did you hear about what came out about him? Like, there was no. accusations. This is, this is the dad from Arrested Development. There was accusations that he was making fun of transgender people or sexually assaulted transgender people, and they fired him. But since then, I haven't had any. I haven't seen any evidence that that actually happened. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, there hasn't been anything that you know. I don't know. So yeah, you're don't right. You, it's dangerous, though. You know. Don't you find it odd, suspicious, um, it maybe even a little infuriating that when this whole thing started a few months ago, the big name was Harvey Weinstein, and why is he like? If he did what he what everybody's accusing him of. Why are we letting him go to another country for sex rehab because he's addicted to sex? Like, you sexually assaulted women, so why is he not going to prison? Why is he not being put in court? None of none of it's happened, Tony. No and, one's and, and, no one's been brought to court for that. Any of it? No. And, and so, like, and why is that? And that's what makes me listen. One thing that I really try to do is when I see the masses looking in one direction, I turn around and look at my six because I really believe that more often than not, there's something going on behind the scenes and they're trying to distract us with something else. So right now you have all this stuff coming out, all these sexual scandals. And I'm not saying that they, they're not happening. I'm sure a lot of them have happened. But what else is going on behind the scene that we're overlooking because we're are, we're so singularly focused on one thing, you know? Uh, I, and I don't know what's going on, but I just I know that they they tend to utilize uh, the public opinion in a very uh, manipulative way, you know. Yeah, it's an interesting thought, and you know you always have to be uh, on your toes, as they say. Thinking yeah. three sixty, I like it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. That that would be a great times. name for your network, Tony. <laughs> Merkel three sixty. Don't worry, like we it. have your back. <laughs> See, I got your six. <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> oh man, what a great episode, guys! This has been a lot of fun, a lot of interesting conversations. Um, yeah, we at the end here. We've yeah. gone an hour or more. Oh, we've gone, we've gone an hour and then some. Um, you know, I'm a yapper. So. I'm a talker. No, it's okay because I, I think it led to a lot of great conversations, a lot of interesting subjects. Um, you know, so, and the people responded very well on the phone calls. Didn't really get a lot of praise, just more, not even really any questions, really. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you asked about our listening audience. That's our listening audience, basically, <laughs> in a nutshell. Well, we didn't get Kenny from Portsmouth. Kenny from Portsmouth usually calls in every week as well. So we got three or four. You know. So yeah. No, but uh, I guess the takeaway from this episode, I would say, is. Keep your eyes open. Do your research. Don't believe everything they tell you. Do your own thinking. Be your own man or woman. Yes. Watch yes. your six. And watch your six. 
Absolutely. <laughs> don't, don't even what? listen. <laughs> no, go, go ahead. Go, no, no, go. I was, I was just going to say, don't even listen to me. Don't, don't, don't take my word for all the crap that I just spewed out. Go research it, you know? Yeah, do it like, yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Tony, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, well, you can find my sh- my main show is The Confessionals. You can find that at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Uh, if you have a encounter uh, with paranormal, anything kind of story you think would be good for my show and you want to share it with the show, go ahead and shoot me an email at theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out the Renegade Podcast on Blog Talk Radio. Just go to blogtalkradio.com, search the Renegade Podcast. We'll pop up and uh, you can check some of those shows out. Um, and you can also go on Facebook, look up Tony Merkel, friend request me, and we can talk if you want. Absolutely. And Tony, I was, I was, I told, uh, the listening audience before you got on that I was on one of your episodes. It's going to be coming out soon. It was a great time. Great conversation. Yes. I thought it was awesome. So let's, um, uh, let's hear it from Tony though. Tony, how did that, how did the episode go? Is it as good that, as full described? I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was, it was what, it was one of my better interviews because, uh, some of the stories Phil shared are jaw dropping, are jaw dropping. Let's just put it that way. So, uh, when, when the show comes out, I highly encourage your audience to listen to it because, uh, Phil shared some things that you probably have never heard of before. Let's put it that way. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like I said, it was awesome. Great time. It was even cool just hanging out too. We had, we talked a lot about a lot of different things too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was great. Once that comes out, I'll I'll be sharing sharing the shit out of it. It's part of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll be I'll share that, and um, I also will share um, once it comes out. I'll share. I'll give you the episode links for both episodes that you're on. This one that's going to be coming out, and the other one you were on. So we Sounds can. Good. Um, and also, and this is kind of like backdoor baseball right now. So you're going to get a peek behind the curtain of our show here. But Tony, I would also like, if you don't mind, if you could come up with some sort of commercial or or plug for your show, I'll, we'll definitely slide it in. Um, if not this sure. episode, episodes in future, or whatever. Because you know we're friends, and I like your show, you like our show, so you know, I know, right I, I know, because I, I I say that because I know how hard it is to get people to even share something on Facebook that you make, even people <laughs> on the show. Um, so, <laughs> so I will definitely share. Yeah, it. Josh. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Let's call them all out. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, um, you know, so I, I, I know how hard it is for even people to like, you know, cause like, I don't know how it is for you, but there's a lot of people that'll be like, oh yeah, I love, I love it. I love your episodes. Can't wait for the next one, but they don't like it. They don't share it. Yeah. They don't talk about it with anyone else. It's just like, you need to be a better fan and a yeah. better friend. So. I'll tell you what, one thing I learned is that your audience is not the friends that you came into this show with. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, like like the people that are were, are my real life friends and stuff, they, they're not my audience. They don't listen to my show. They'll never share my show. Yep. You have to go find your audience because they're out there. You just got to find them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, with your help, I think we have found them listening to you over there on your laptop, you hipster. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's wrap up the show. We've been wrapping up like 20 minutes. Um, you can, you can I know. Are you sure you weren't meant to be a pastor? This, I'm getting to my altar call, okay? Just give me a minute. Well, we got a, we got a brunch at oh, 1245. I would, I, I would like the worship team to come up right now. And, An altar call is another 30 minutes. <laughs> um, but, no, you can find everything we do, CanadianDutchBoys.com. Uh, we're on YouTube at 
Canadian Dutch Boy Studios. Facebook, at Schneeling. Twitter, at Schneeling. That's S-N-E-A-L-I-N-G, Schneeling. Uh, on our website, there's a contact area. You can contact us, email us, send us a voicemail, anything you want. Tell us you hate the show. Tell us you love the show. Tell us you're indifferent about the show, and I'll try to convince you otherwise. But thanks for listening. Always, I'd like to thank my brother Alex for being on with me. And, uh, yeah, whatever. And I'd uh, also like to really thank Tony for coming on and, and giving us a great episode Tony. here. Tony T! Hello, guys. It was a good time. If we don't see you, we don't see you. Have a happy holidays, man. You as well. Yeah, you absolutely. Well. Oh, and congratulations on your upcoming baby. Yeah. victory <laughs> animality <laughs> that was cool no yeah great episode great episode if you ever exactly. need if you ever need me to pump the brakes on something just be like <laughs> no we don't pump we don't, <laughs> we don't pump the brakes we let you just go this ride doesn't stop no nope. we keep I, going i'll Not tell you what the older i the older I get, the less I care about what people think of me. Oh now, God, isn't that the truth? Oh. I don't. I don't care if you like me. I don't. I, I just don't care because at the end of the day, if I live my life trying to keep you liking me and I still fail, then I'm the one that loses. You know what I mean? So I'm just me. And dude, I'm 32 years old. I've been married for t- 10 years. I'm happily married. I'm set. Like I don't need to impress anybody. Screw you. I'm gonna say right. what I think, and that's it. You know. <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. I love it. I love it.